Latoya. I know it's been a while. It's Latoya. I figured I'd just give y'all a little extra, you know, because where I've been, I've been, I don't know where I've been, y'all, listen, blame it on, I don't know what to blame it on, just blame it on something, just don't blame it on me, I have been on the longest ever hiatus, y'all, but the analog girl is back in the building, and this is your podcast for your 30-somethings and your 40-somethings, y'all, and we are on a quest, we're on a quest to get our analog lives in this digital-driven world, and speaking of digital-driven worlds, we have become the most digital-driven world uh, than we have ever been in our entire lives and existence on this planet um, because of Corona, y'all. The Rona effect um, has caused all of us to go uh, 100% digital. And what, what, I mean, what better time for me to come back off of a hiatus? Like what? So since I've been on a hiatus, y'all, Let's try to get the word out there to all the analogers who might not be aware because I've been childish and just been off the grid that your analog girl is back and she's back to help you manage your anxiety while she manages her own damn anxiety. So can we just spread the word, share the podcast, share the links, share the post when you uh, get a chance so that we can start to get this momentum going and building this community of support, especially in this uh, trying time of the coronavirus situation, COVID-19, whatever we want to call it. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I don't ever want to see a, a beer bottle that says Corona. I don't, I, I when this is over, like I want to uh, take the word Corona. We're going to put it in the box. We're going to burn it. We're going to throw it away. We're never going to say it. it's going to be one of those forbidden words. Okay. That's what I hope to do uh, when this Corona thing is over. So anyway, without further ado, not going to hold y'all up. Let's just get into the check-in. Okay. So, I mean, it's been a while. So the anxiety check-in is probably going to be extremely loaded. Um, and it's probably just a whole lot to unpack. So I'm going to try to do that in 15 minutes or less. Um, and just, um, be consistent and hopefully next week be coming to you guys with another check-in. I'm not even going to hold myself. I can't even keep saying when I'm going to post what I'm going to post because I have no structure when it comes to this podcast, but I'm going to get this structure together. Okay. I'm going to get this structure together. But as far as that's part of the anxiety check-in <laughs> is that I have, I'm not, I don't have any structure. I don't have any structure. There's cer- certain things I do have structure in, but when it comes to this and getting this off the ground and being there for you guys and being a supportive voice for you guys, um, it's kind of hard sometimes because I'm still um, struggling and still shifting my emotions and changing my uh, my talk and you know, I was still going to therapy. So I'm still trying to figure all of that out at the same time by bringing y'all at the same time while bringing y'all, um, content. So that is one of the things that has been a little hard for me and a little difficult is to, um, maintain some structure in that. Um, and then also guys, I ended up getting a full-time job with benefits and we know that that was an issue. 
Okay. That was a main, that was one of the main issues with me, um, last year, year before last, because some of y'all might know I lost my job because of an anxiety symptom that I suffered for quite for a while called depersonalization. Um, and I lost my job due to depersonalization and its effect that it had on me and my well-being and my just everyday life. Um, and then was on this whole roller coaster um to uh of freelancing. And I'm just so grateful by the grace of God. And I know that there are people out there suffering and my heart goes out to you. Um, and I'm truly praying that this will turn around sooner than later for everyone who is out of work and does not know where their next hour is coming from. Um, but as for me, I would have to say that I thank God that um, I have a full time job. I have benefits in there, you know, and I'm able to pay my bills through this um, coronavirus situation. Um, I'll also say that I'm so grateful for um, the Analog Girl podcast and the Analog Girl community because for the past two years, I have been processing um, anxiety and how to do and the tools and what to use to to get through this and what to do to get through that and what to say and how to process and grief. And, you know, all of that, I feel like has prepared me in this, in a weird sense, to um, manage in a time like this. Now, what I will say is that I am not managing as best as I think I can. Some others might say that I am, but I don't really feel like I'm managing as I am managing well. Let me take that back. I'm managing well, but there's still some struggle points. I still have some some struggle points. Um, one of my main struggle points is. Um, that I am single and that I wasted, um, I wasted time in, in a relationship with someone that went nowhere. And ultimately I, I'm, I'm not going to say what, I'm not trying to worry about the what ifs and what could have happened and the could have, should have, what is, but I do notice that, um, the time wasted could have been, uh, I could have invested that time in something in someone else. Whereas if I was in this predicament right now, I might've had that set of shoulders to, to, to cuddle with on the couch at this present moment when, um, I needed it. And I know what my love language is and I know what triggers me. Uh, I know what makes me feel good. And what ultimately sometimes makes me feel good is to sit up on the couch with Bay who happens to have a nice set of shoulders and to just snuggle up under the shoulders, you know, just snug right in under that armpit. So it, this has put a lot of things in perspective for me as in perspective for me as to time wasted. And, um, you know, and you know, it was lessons learned, but also realizing that, you know, I could have been, in a different space had I, you know, made different choices, made different decisions. Um, so that has been something that I have been struggling with through this self quarantine is that, you know, um, being a single and being alone and doing this by myself and, you know, my mom and my son are, and my, my father, they're quarantined at their home. Um, and I live alone. So, and my son is usually between each, between us and between me and my parents' home, he's always back and forth, but because of, you know, 
my parents being high risk and stuff. I just don't want to risk him going back and forth and just, you know, you just never know. So he's just staying put for now. So yeah, that's been, you know, the main thing I will say that has really, uh, triggered me is that I'm doing this alone. Um, I'm single. I really don't have any prospects of men trying to be in my life, uh, in a, in a, like, I guess in a, in a supportive way, you know, like it's just not, there's no consistency where there's someone who's daily checking in on me, who's keeping me, you know, keeping me company, who's having intriguing conversations with me. Like it's not happening. That's not happening with me. So it's just literally just me and my thoughts. So because I have just me and my thoughts, guess what happens y'all? The existential crisis and the thoughts because of being single and because I'm doing this alone, um, I'm left now to my own thoughts and just figuring and just processing and talking with myself. You know what I mean? I don't really have anybody to bounce things off of. And how many FaceTimes can you do with your best friends or your friends and Zooms? Like it's enough. I don't want to do that no more. Um, But so now the existential crisis comes and the thoughts come because people that um, I've known are passing or have passed away. One person I know passed away. Uh, other people I know, their parent has passed away. So it's just, you know, and I'm hearing through the circuit because I'm not on social. I'm hearing through the circuit of so-and-so has it, this person has it. Like, so it's anxiety driven. It is triggering my anxiety. And then it's triggering my thoughts about death. Uh, and it's just driving me a little bit crazy. I will say that I have been using my tools, what helps me falling asleep at night to listen into prayers. Um, my essential oil diffuser. I woke up this morning and immediately got in the shower and washed up with my castle soap. Peppermint soap is going to wake me up, put, put my, uh, eucalyptus, uh, diffuser oil in my diffuser. Um, and just, you know, immediately went into trying to, finish up this podcast for you guys. So those things are helping me to be distracted. Um, but I do often have these thoughts about death and my, my own mortality. And I feel like we're not, I'm not alone in this. I think this COVID experience has made force us all to, um, come face to face with our mortality, um, and processing that. So I, you know, for the past year and a half or two, that has been my issue is just processing, um, mortality, um, and death. And it's just been hard. It's been really hard, um, for me to do. Um, and I wish that I had a set of shoulders to do it with. (laughs) And I don't think there's anything wrong with wishing that I had a set of shoulders to do that with, you know, some people like you gotta be okay with being by yourself and you gotta be all right with knowing who you are. You know, like I get all of that and I'm okay with all of that, but I think it is okay for me to say, I wish I had a set of shoulders to sit up with in front of the television and be quarantined with and just talk and process. That's all. That's all. Or I wish I had a man around me who, um, was okay with communicating with me, uh, you know, long for a long period of time and not being uncomfortable with it, you know, or just, or, you know, having other things in their life that they're doing that they can't tend to. I just, all of that guys, I just wish I had a set of shoulders to process with during this time. And I feel like if you're out there and you feel that way, 
it's okay to feel that way. And I don't think that we should be ashamed in feeling that way or let people who have partners tell us, oh, listen, um, you wish you had that, but this person and I'm, I'm with my man and he getting on my nerves and da, da, da. you know, I don't think that that's fair sometimes for people to say to us, like, you know, I, to me, it's like, yeah, but if that man was so awful, why are you in the house with him? Why are you quarantined with him? Go someplace else, leave him. Why haven't you left all this time? Because there is something that is filling a void that you want you know, like, or that you need, uh, on both sides. So, you know, I, I, it kind of triggers me as well when people are like, you know, I'm don't be mad that you don't, or don't feel no kind of way because you don't have a man to, to be quarantined with because I'm this, my man is getting on my nerves. Yeah. Well, whatever, but you're still going to sleep with your man and waking up and feeling a sense of comfort and uh, a sense of familiarity when you wake up and you see a familiar face in your home instead of waking up and looking at a gray wall. Woo! So I feel like I've given I've given y'all a lot, um, but that is just that's been the bulk of my uh, anxiety and what I've been struggling with and processing. Um, so um, what I've been doing. Um, is like I said, listening to the prayers at night. Um, I have been, uh, what else? This, the diffusers help breathing helps. I also did some, um, EFT tapping. I had to do that last week when I was hearing the news of, of someone dying. Um, I had to listen to some e, um, EFT tracks on, on, uh, YouTube and go back to that and tapping. And that's, if you want some more information about that, I can give that to you. You just got to slide in my DMs or send me an email and I can give you that information. Um, but the EFT tapping helped me to calm down a lot, a lot, because my fears were just heightened. Also, because I became a really like pseudo sea moss girl. And for those of you who are out there drinking the sea moss, sea moss is good. But let me tell you, moderation. Okay. Because your girl was out here paranoid as fuck thinking she was, I was boosting my immune system, but I was putting ice cream scoops of sea moss in my smoothies y'all. And I triggered my thyroid and it, my thyroid became inflamed and it was just this whole big thing. It was so inflamed and swollen. And I was, it was hurting throughout my ear. And I'm like, Oh God, is it the COVID? But it wasn't the COVID. It was too much sea moss. That's what it was. So Thankfully, I had some um, juice fast. I had a juice fast that I hadn't used in my freezer for a while. Um, so I just decided I'm going to just do this juice fast here to cleanse my system. And I was able to do that. Um, so, but yeah, so I've been, you know, just eating and drinking um, things that are boosting my immune system, staying inside. Um, I do need to get to the supermarket. I'm, I'm having a little anxiety about that, but I'm just going to have to push. I'm going to have to push and go. Um, and yeah, so that has been it guys. (sighs) It feels so good to just breathe that out and just regurgitate all of that on, (laughs) on the mic. And I am so sorry. I did not, um, start out our anxiety check-in the way I normally do. So guys, now that I have pushed all that out and I hope that I, that has helped you to process some of your anxiety and your emotions, let's just breathe in. Hold it and breathe out.
One more time, breathe in. Hold it and breathe out. And we'll just move our head from side to side, like you're pushing your ears to your shoulders to stretch and let that airways get some stretch in there. (sighs) And then let it go and release. I hope that you guys' anxiety levels are low to non-existent or as best as you can managing it during this time. And I just really do... um, I really do should suggest that you take time to vent. Even if you are alone and you're single, um, journal, write stuff out, or you can talk to yourself on video um, or do like a, vi- a voice note and just vent all that stuff out on voice note and let it go. You don't even have to listen back to it. Just know that it's there. You've pushed all that energy out. And then when you're done, do some deep breathing like we just did and let it go. And go on into your day, create your, your routine, and, and do the best you can to manage your anxiety throughout the day. And while we're managing and doing the best we can out there, I also encourage you to speak life, not death. Um, I also encourage you to um, focus on the recoveries out there. There are far more recovery Uh, people who are in recovery and being cleared of COVID-19 than there are people losing their lives. And and while people who are losing their lives, it is very sad and it's very triggering. And it's just, it's just a trying, trying time and it's happening more and more. um, And we're just hearing about it more because of how rampant it is in the media. I still encourage you to focus on the fact that Um, majority of the people who are contracting COVID um, are recovering and they're going on to live their daily lives. And we just have to maintain the social distancing, keep washing our hands um, and just being careful, being more attentive to um, the way that we spread our own germs and, and also be more attentive to not infecting others. Um, So if we can just focus on the um, positives of it is that people are contracting it, people are recovering, and people are moving on. Um, and we focus more on that, and not also, and also not focusing on I don't want, I don't want to get, I don't want. Because the more you focus on what you don't want, we all know as far as the law of attraction, whatever you keep focus on, what you don't is what you get more of. And I probably need to keep thinking about that when it comes to me wanting a set of shoulders. <laughs> saying I don't want to be single. I just need to focus on something else. Look, I'll just preach to myself. Oh, but anywho, guys, let's just go on and get into the next segment. And that's the anxiety zone. Okay. So in the anxiety zone today, guys, what are we talking about? Of course, we're talking about COVID. I know y'all sick and tired of talking about it, but we're talking about it differently. We're talking about, um, what to do if you do get a COVID, um, uh, positive result. Um, and how to manage your anxiety with that, how to manage your anxiety if you don't have it. Um, and then also about emotional eating. Um, we talk a little bit about love is blind cause we're obsessed, but Erica and Allie are two really cool chicks. Um, they are from LA. They have a podcast called courageous wellness and they just talk about wellness, life, nutrition, um, and just how to live your best life. And Allie, it, she hails from New York. 
Um, she is, well, was it, I think she was born and raised in New Jersey and she also lived in New York city. Um, and Erica is from out mid, I think she's from LA. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I don't remember. I'm so sorry. Um, but Erica and Ali are really dope chicks. Their podcast, again, like I said, is called Courageous Wellness. Um, and it is a really good, fun listen. Um, they are very informative. They are licensed nutritionists um, and wellness coaches, I believe. They do some coaching. So if you're interested in some coaching, um, they have that available on their website. It's CourageousWellnessPodcast.com. You can get all the information there. Really great girls. So let's just get into the conversation. I'm not going to hold y'all up anymore. They just get, they give us a lot of tidbits on how we can manage at a time like this. Toya D, who was living a life of complete and utter trash, y'all, spending money frivolously on clothes, food, and bottles of wine that could be finished in one setting alone, ghosting Sally Mae and never paying a bill, y'all, going back and forth in relationships that were called situationships, a what? Going from one dead-end job to another, struggling with racial and social anxieties in the workplace. Nature finally took its course. On March first, Toya D woke up in an apparent dream world to which she calls the urban matrix and was left to figure out the true meaning of life and human existence. Join the journey on the quest to live fabulously, shamelessly, bold, and fearless and confident with mental health in the anxiety zone. The Rona. Maybe I'll call it the Rona effect. I love it. <laughs> Have you guys seen Rona. that meme with the little chihuahua? And he's like, his like head, his eyes are like back, looking back. And he goes, is that you, Rona? <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't you. seen it. <laughs> I have to send it to you guys. I have to see that. Um, but yes, yeah, the Rona effect out here, ladies. Uh, well, first off, um, I want to say thank you guys for taking the time to talk with me. I feel like um, well, we, we need to bridge the gap in wellness, uh, with race. Um, yes. and I also, I just feel like, you know, in my, in my community, obviously it's the black community that sometimes our voices, our voices aren't always heard. Um, and that there is a sense of divisiveness in the wellness community when it comes to us. Um, so I would, I'm, 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 I'm excited that we are bridging the gap and building relationships and we can be transparent and I can talk about my experience and you can, you guys can talk about your experiences, um, with respect and just openness and transparency. So I appreciate that you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we appreciate that too. And it's actually something that like we talk about quite a bit. Um, it, and so I'm happy that we can, the three of us on this conversation can like take a step towards that because there is weird divisiveness within the industry. And I think that needs to change. And it's not really representative of the whole collective. Like we talk a lot about community wellness and yeah. community involves everybody, right? Like it's, and so we need to have stories that are told um, and real, really represent represent just like representation is important in media and TV and everything that we see and consume. I think representation within the wellness space is also really important because, you know, it's, it's these stories that we need to be aware of and it's what connect us to each other as well. And it also is what, um, sort of shines lights on inequities in the system and the healthcare system and the, in the, you know, wellness space. And Erica mentioned like even in the privilege of wellness. So 
um, anyway, I'm really, we're excited to have the conversation with you and yeah, your show. which we, which I'm like, we should probably have another conversation about privilege and well in the wellness space because oh, that yeah. is something I haven't tapped into yet. And I, but I'm noticing it. So anyway, but we, I digress. We're here about the Rona effect. Maybe we can talk another time about, yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm always asking everybody what's their status. So ladies, what's your COVID status? <laughs> COVID negative as of now. I don't know about when the time this episode negative. is I've been um, doing self-quarantine for nine days, right? So they say you have to wait 14 to, you know, mm-hmm. 14 days to find out if you have symptoms. So day nine though, and going strong. Going strong, negative. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, as of now, I think I'm negative. You know, I, I we don't know. They say we could be asymptomatic, but right. And I am healthy. I don't have a sniffle. I don't have a cough. Um, I feel good. So by the grace of God, thank you. I am COVID-19 negative, you know. Um, uh, It it has been affecting some people close to me um, that know of people, but I don't know anyone personally. um, I want to say, yeah, I'm not going to that has it. Um, and it's actually claiming some lives of some people in my, in my circles. So it is a pretty serious thing out there, guys. So wash your damn hands. Yeah. Like, like please, wash, you know, it's, it's, take it seriously. Stay at home if you can. And if you can't like take social distancing seriously. I went yeah. to the grocery store the other day, like we're staying at home. Um, and, but you know, the essentials are open and, uh, there was this woman, they literally put tape down, like idiot proof tape <laughs> six feet away so that people would line up on the line. So you're not like accidentally getting too close or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And this woman kept like trying to chat with me and encroach. And I was responding to her. I'm happy to be friendly, but she just kept getting closer and closer. And I just kept getting further and further away. Oh yeah. No, Ali, <laughs> we don't got time to be friendly. You got to no. back up. This is like that. <laughs> I said to her, I was like, we need to social distance. <laughs> like, please move her. I think it was like her husband was giving her a hard time because she just kept, she like first, like she, she got within like a foot or two of me and I just kept moving back. And it's yeah. like, lady, stop, you know, be aware. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's tape on the sidewalk for and you. And stop talking to me, please. <laughs> um, with the Corona effect has been bringing on a whole lot of anxiety, a whole lot of panic. Um, and and speaking of which, like for you, Ali, I know that you have gone through being diagnosed with cancer and that can cause extreme anxiety. I would imagine I don't have any experience in it, but I could imagine that um, it was very tough. Um, so can you speak to that and how you were able to manage that anxiety? Because it's kind of compared to like, there's people who are out there who are getting positive um, results mm. for COVID right now you know, uh, you know, and how, how did you manage your anxiety through that? That's a good question. And you know what? I don't think I've ever been asked that before. So wow, podcasting, like, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, now you're making me reflect on that time. So I was 29 at the time. Fortunately, the type of cancer I was diagnosed with, um, when we found it, it was, in a very slow growing stage, it had not turned aggressive. So, um, I, you know, I just expected that my results were going to be negative. I never in a million years thought that I was going to have cancer. Like I was healthy. I was in my twenties. I was, you know, 
-hmm. living my life. And, um, I was really, it was really shocking to get that diagnosis. And then I remember having to call and like tell my loved ones. And that was strange. I think that honestly, the beginning, it was shock Mm -hmm. before sort of anxiety could, could wander in. And when you're in this sort of like, you know, sometimes you have to go into action mode, which is really like reaction to whatever the news is. But it, it, I just think that kept me like super focused. But then as a little bit of time went by and conflict in treatment and surgery types, I wound up having three different surgeries. And I remember the first time deeply feeling anxiety was when I was moved from dermatological, the the dermatological surgeons, the skin surgeons started to treat it because the tumor was on the outside of my, um, it was actually like in my fascia, which is this layer under, it starts in my skin and grew down, but they didn't know the depth of it. And this type of tumor can penetrate muscle and bone ultimately if it goes too far deep. Mm -hmm. But mine was luckily only in my fascia had not penetrated the muscle yet, but the dermatological surgeons tried to treat it like as if it were skin cancer and it very much wasn't. And they opened up my back and I, they couldn't, they couldn't treat it. So I basically had a big hole in my back and they're like, oh, we need to move you to the OR and you need to get moved to oncology. But I didn't know that until after they had already attempted the first surgery And so that was really stressful. And um, I remember they made me do, um, when anytime you're diagnosed with any kind of cancer, the first thing they do is is x-rays of your chest and your lungs because it's a really, really vulnerable place, which I can actually tie into this COVID-19 thing. And I remember when I was brought to oncology and brought into the x-ray machines, I was like, oh shit, just all of a sudden got real for me. Yeah. you know, sitting in the waiting room with the other cancer patients and taking vials and vials of my blood. And it was like, oh, okay. And I think, you know, it was something that I just dealt with as much as like being in the present moment Mm -hmm. as much as I possibly could. Because when you're in that sort of high stress and hyper-focused like place, the second you let yourself sort of futurize, it's like <laughs> game yeah. over, yeah. right? Like it's really doesn't serve, serve, it didn't serve me. But I remember that fear in, in those instances. And I think the hard thing that we're dealing with with COVID-19 is that there's a real sense of unknown, which I think can be sort of related to any sort of cancer diagnosis or experience, mm-hmm. um, is that you don't, know how bad it's going to be. You don't know exactly what your experience is going to be like. You don't know, you know, yeah, like even if you contract this virus, you could, you could be asymptomatic or you can have a really terrible sort of excruciating experience and it can even kill you. And Mm -hmm. so it can be like the vast, you know, options that could go along with the unknown of what the experience is like and the fear of not wanting to spread it too to the community if you are asymptomatic. So I think it's a lot of just like unknowns, which can lead to anxiety. And I think that's the same thing that when I was like going through the cancer stuff, it was just like trying to stay as present as possible 
And we have so much time right now that we've been given all of a sudden that we're not used to having, right? Like, yeah. we're not, and that I remember that was something that like freaked me out too. It was like, oh, I have to sit here and re- recover for 10 days and not do anything else but recover. Where it's like, we have to sit with ourselves in this time. And I think that can bring up lots of feelings of anxiety or anything that you may be repressing. Like you're mm-hmm. going to like have the time to mm-hmm. sit with it right now. So I think it's just like, for me, I would say in that experience, it's trying to focus on the present. Like, what am I doing right now? What am I doing today? What do I need to do today? What do I not need to do today? And really just trying to focus on what is and, and what you do know and the facts, the information that you do have and not sort of go beyond that or, or really keep our minds from worrying too much about what we don't know and, and really focus on the facts and control what you can control, right? Washing your hands, practice social distancing, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's pretty courageous. I mean, because when you hear the word cancer, which I have to give to you, if anybody hears the word cancer, they just want to throw, I'd throw yourself, I probably would throw myself on the floor somewhere. Like I just, you know, it's just, it's one of those words that you just don't want to hear. So that's pretty courageous that you were able to be, even stay calm um, in that situation and just stay in the present moment. And again, I just think that that is true where, where we need to be, especially for those out there listening that you might Uh, fear that you have a positive um, result or you already have heard that you have a positive result, um, you know, that you just stay in the present moment and get well because statistics do show that majority of the people who do get the coronavirus will be okay. Um, So that is good. And and honestly, and was statistics for you with um, the cancer, was it a high statistic, a high survivor rate or what is, yeah. what is recovery? Super, it's a survivor? Yeah. Know. So mine was, like I said, I was really fortunate when we caught mine, it was a very rare tumor, but it was also um, a very, very slow growing one. So, um, and with a very, very low chance of metastasizing, like a, oh, like okay. a very, very, very small percentage. So I didn't have mortality anxiety, which is really, it's not that it can't happen, but like statistically really doesn't often with this type of tumor. Which is much like COVID. So, you you know, but we're all out here with mortality anxiety for some reason when it's just like, you know, the majority of the people who will get it will not die, you know? Well, I think going through anything, any kind of experience where like, yeah, either it's like a cancer diagnosis or a fear of, or, or whatever, a virus, you know, that you can track that can be serious, right? Like cancer can be incredibly serious. And the reality is like any of those kinds of experiences just make us face our own mortality. You know, what I did learn from it, and it's actually quite a freeing experience is that we are not invincible. Mm -hmm. We are not immortal. And just be, this is also like for young people too, to keep in mind is that like, And I'm actually really grateful I learned this when I was in my 20s, but just because you're young and healthy doesn't mean you're completely invincible. And to learn the reality of our own mortality is something that you can then take with you and use for your benefit on a Mm -hmm. daily basis, Mm -hmm. you know, and have appreciation for the time that you do have. Yeah, true. So life. For you guys, Ali and Erica, what was life for like for you guys pre-corona? Let's just bask in what life was like. 
Pre-coronas, I feel like we've been in, I feel like I've been locked down for like 10 years. Like it's only been yeah. what, nine days. It's so fucking long. I feel like the days are long too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so funny. It's like that quote or meme that goes around too. That's like, this week has been a long year. Yes. <laughs> it feels like every day feels like it's been a long year. It's like a long year. Yeah. It's crazy though, too. I think in that the same vein, you know, something Ali also told me after her cancer experience was this concept of like, life is not a dress rehearsal, mm -hmm. you know, like life is not a dress rehearsal, right? This is your life. And, um, that's really stayed with me. And I think in that same way with like coronavirus, it's like, I just miss doing, like, I miss going to the supermarket, you know, and not having it be like, uh, like obstacle course it's like I that's when my anxiety got really bad actually I haven't been to um a grocery store in like over a week but I went like right after the NBA shut down and like right when it started getting real and it was it was fucking crazy and it made my anxiety so real but yeah just like normal things like going to the grocery store going to a workout class like having drinks with friends like in person yeah. happy hour is real. yeah brunch <laughs> like are we i can't wait to get to a brunch like yeah eating oh food because you crave them instead of just like because it's what's in your pantry because yeah. i'm living the pantry life like we're only i told my husband i was like i'm not going to the grocery store until we have to so we have like a couple more weeks of boring bland food but um yeah. You know, I just miss like normal basic things. And mm -hmm. I think that's what it's really shown me too, is like, why do we want the things we want? Because mm -hmm. like, even like my closet full of clothes, not getting worn, you know, or like what all these things, it's like, nothing really matters, nothing. but your health and your family. And you know, it's like, you know, that I've, at least I know that in my heart, but it, it takes this to be like, that's truly all that matters. Yes, truly. I mean, not, not even clean laundry because I was like, I don't sense of, uh, I don't have any sense of urgency to go downstairs and do the laundry No, one, because I don't know if they're disinfecting the, the dryers and the washes. Like, I just yeah. don't know. And two is like, where am I going? Like, wh right. <laughs> where am I going? And even if I was just going to the supermarket, I literally can throw in those dirty pairs of spandex exactly. and go, you know, it's just, everything has been put into perspective about what is important. And really the only thing we really need is drinks uh wine <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and food like yeah so, food. I, food and wine and they actually said that liquor stores are essential so oh, liquor they are. stores are staying open for anybody who was wondering they are staying open and i was very excited about that um okay so that was pre-corona um what has life been like for you guys during corona um i know um ali you are a contracted worker okay mm -hmm. you're not no, I'm fortunate. I'm able to still do my day job right now. So I'm working from home and then getting to record podcasts. So yeah, just the work from home life and adapting to staying inside with my husband 24 seven. Which you're lucky because I'm I am. you see these four walls? That's what yeah. the fuck I have. I have nothing. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel very, very fortunate. And actually it's been, you know, like they make that joke, like people either get divorced, have babies or both. Yeah. Um, but it's so far shown me like, you know, I picked I picked the right you one. Picked like, we're getting, yeah, like in the, in this like doomsday time of danger, like we actually are getting along really like better than we've ever gotten along. And um, That's good. Yeah, it's, you know, of course there's like snappiness going on, but 
yeah. Um, oh, but yes, great. I, I can work from home, which I know is such a privilege and a gift right now because so many people, including Allie, aren't able to do her day job right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But again, <laughs> it's like just trying to take it all one day at a time and feel very fortunate that I have a, you know, a place to live and food in the cabinet. And yes, um, it's stressful that a lot of work has been lost, but I also know that there are people out there who like can't pay the rent, you know, I'm glad evictions have been frozen, but like, or don't, or, you know, there's so many kids who rely on school lunches. We've talked about for, for a meal, for a good meal in the day and like, don't necessarily know where those meals are coming from. I know there's a, there's some wonderful organizations and some school districts that are still doing meal distribution, at this time, but it's still like all things considered. Yeah, it's stressful, but you know, I'm, you know, it'll be, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. So it'll be okay. We'll figure now, it out. Are you taking the time to, cause you got a bay at home too, which I'm very jealous of both of y'all because I'm <laughs> over here making dinner, sitting at my dining room table, just looking at my invisible boyfriend. Like, you know, let's just pretend. <laughs> yeah. But the invisible one doesn't snap back, which is nice. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, the, do you feel like there is um, uh, a stress on the couple, I guess, because you both live with each other. So I'm sure you partners have jobs too as well. Do you find that that stress, that's added stress to the relationship too? Or are you finding that you guys are just like hunkering down and like, we're like going to get through this together? I find that each day is different, but mm-hmm. if there are moments of stress, which there inevitably are going to be, um, that we just try to be like con- conscious of it mm-hmm. and then re change, not, not continue that. <laughs> right. Like change. Yeah. It. yeah. You know, like I said, like this has really again shown me, like I picked right, you know, like we're very like in sync and mm-hmm. have been in sync through this whole time. Um, you know, I, it's interesting though, because we both manage stress and anxiety. he doesn't have, um, he, it's not that he doesn't have anxiety, but he's, a man and he I don't say he's a guy. It. Yeah. So he like very much internalizes it, just wants to like power through. Everything's gonna be okay. And I'm not like that. So like I have like I have an anxiety disorder and I'm also a highly sensitive person and an empath. And you know, like even, you know, I was that kid in elementary and middle school on free breakfast and free lunch at school. And um something I've had to learn through lots of therapy and, and my spiritual practice is not taking in the collective energy. Cause like I can really take in energy that doesn't belong to me and then get anxious or depressed, but that's not mine. You know, I'm not in, I'm not, not eating cause I'm not in school, you know? So just trying to, um, I think we're both learning how to help each other manage the anxiety, you know, like yeah. being there for my husband when he needs to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him holding space when I'm feeling really anxious and not trying to fix it. Cause I feel like that's also something men do. They're like, well, how do we fix this? And it's like, you yeah. can't fix my anxiety. It's here. And, and then, yeah, just like Ali said, like the other day he, like we got into like this, like little bickering argument because of like a drawer being opened. And I looked at him <laughs> and I was like, I looked at him. I was like, this isn't about the drawer. This is because you've been inside all day and it's been yeah. raining. It's, it's and, the wrong like, thing. You're, you're just, so I was like, let's, stop talking about this yeah. oh my god yeah you're like it's this is the rona effect so we're just yeah gonna, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. we just to say 
Yeah. But I do think, again, I know we keep talking about this, but if you're single right now, I think this is the best time to fall in love because it can't be about booty calls or it's like literally just about like, how do I get to know you as a person? Yeah. I was kind of comparing this to like dating someone when you're, when they're in jail, you know? Yes. So it's like, <laughs> yes. it's like, you know, but what's going to happen when the, when the run is done, you know what I mean? Is he going to step up to the plate? That's the question. You That's know what true. I mean? So I'm just like, just sitting here, you know, cause me and Bay, my invisible Bay, we've been having arguments while we <laughs> we've been having arguments about the dishes <laughs> I heard that everybody like if if you're like a couple who is you know co-working at home now or whatever that you should create um like you should create a, an invisible co-worker to blame everything on like oh. Someone, like, I saw a funny meme where it was like, oh, God, Cheryl's leaving all these water glasses around. And so you could just, like, blame, both of you could blame everything on imaginary Cheryl. And yeah, yeah just limit the, the arguments, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I do agree, like, you know, you meeting, you can meet people on Hinge or Tinder and, and have, like, these virtual dates. But we'll see if these men live up to the, or women, because there are men out here doing it, too, as well if people live up to who they present themselves to be. Because yeah. um, everybody ain't Cameron, you know, because I'm obsessed with Lauren and Cameron. <laughs> we all are obsessed with Lauren and Cameron. They're Allie, so you have cute. to catch up. No, I watched, well, okay, so I watched like, the You don't first. know how cute they get. So oh, really? It gets, oh, oh, it gets intense. It they gets fell in love in four blind dates, didn't they? It was like four yeah, dates. never even seeing each other. Listen, and just, so you yeah. saw the part, right, when she was just like, Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. And I yes. was just like, oh my God, this is just too much. And he was just like, and he had no hesitation. And he just told her he loved her right back so quickly. Love is so, um, yeah, they make you believe in like true love. <laughs> I don't even want to see a season two, three, four. I'm good. No, I don't think they could, again, like, I think this worked so well because they, a year and a half after they filmed, the show airs like they couldn't really do that again so it's yeah. like these relationships now however they are or aren't yeah. it's like from a year and a half later which is like crazy yeah Can you imagine keeping a relationship secret for a year and a half like they I couldn't post on social media like no nothing. yeah that's interesting oh I didn't realize that until you said that with the timeline Erica but now you guys are you know you're you're sort of encouraging me. I'm going to, that's next up on my coronavirus <laughs> quarantine to-do list is to you watch more to. of it. I'm going to check in with you and I'm going to be like, did you watch? Because yeah. we need to converse. We need to, we need to talk notes here because I want to know if, how you guys feel. Cause I'm telling you, I told you, I told my best friend to watch this. She has an ice box. She's a Marion to the bullshit. She <laughs> just does not. She was like, I am not. She, I will say her heart softens for Cameron. Yeah. Hard because there's no way that you cannot have a soul no on the camera. Like, I love Lauren, I love that she was her authentic self and her bonnet. I love everything, but really, it's really Cameron. It's that, yeah, he is such a like, like a great example for like men everywhere. I feel yes. like, even um, oh gosh, Allie, I, I, I probably should, I like, know, Allie, like, Allie. we can't even okay, talk gonna, about this. But, shit. <laughs> It's well, okay, guys. It's okay. You can spoil it. Okay. So, well, I think it's not. Okay. So, so, you know, Cameron and Lauren are goals. Like that's obviously why we're talking about them, but there was an interview they did like afterwards now. And I think someone asked him like, um, did Lauren move into your house? And he answers, yeah, she moved into our house. Yes. You know, like he's so about like so her awesome. feminine power and like her. And, and I just like, 
they are soulmates. Like they, they really, really are. believe in like soulmates. They can't wow, stop each other. They can't. Yeah, okay, so they're one of the couples that like makes it, but you have to watch it because they go into like, you know, like race and they go into like, how is this going to work? And like, mm-hmm. are they, there's so much that they go into and there's like all these other couples, you know, right. and there's other couples that well, get to you the definitely altar. Need to- you have to watch the yeah. other couples because they're all problematic as fuck. So that's why <laughs> that's why you need to watch. The other couples the other bring couples. the drama, but Lauren yeah. and Cameron are pretty solid throughout yeah. the whole the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you definitely need to watch and I really would love to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Um, slide in the DMs where I will text me and please let me know. Let okay, you know. we have wasted enough of y'all time, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I'm just obsessed with Love is Blind. But so ladies. What do you think are some best practices, best ways um, to um, survive the corona effect? What have you been, what have you guys been doing? Because the, the corona effect is bringing a lot of anxiety, panic, loneliness, a lot of hypochondriacness. Is that a word? Like, what is the word? Hypochondria. Hypochondria. Look yeah. at you, go girl. So, <laughs> Ali is. <laughs> <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of hypochondria, a lot of people feeling like they've lost control. Yes. It's actually bringing some depression to people mm-hmm. because people are, people are, are, are hunkering down and self-quarantine alone. So that's bringing a lot of depression. Um, and then emotional eating, which I really would like to talk to you about with um, Erica and, you know, how we can not do, not get fat. You know, like not, you know, not just sit up and just get fat and also maintaining our, um, our alcohol intake and things of that and not become, not, not abusing the substances out here. So what, what do you guys take on that? I'm going to let you guys take the mic and I'm going to shut up. Well, I think for me, like really leaning in is helping a lot. Like knowing every day is going to be different. You know, some days are going to be good. Some days are not going to be good and really leaning into that. Um, I'm trying to do some sort of movement every single day. Um, this is day nine and it's the first day I've had it in me to do like a free YouTube workout. I YouTubed a body by Simone workout and there was 40 minutes on YouTube. It's great. Um, but before that I was just walking, you know, cause you can walk and social distance, but that was my movement. Sometimes it was dancing around my apartment. Um, my spiritual practice is very important right now. Um, I think whatever your spiritual practices is, is so great for me and for Allie, we both chant. So I chant in the morning and in the evening and I'm finding like, I have to actually chant an hour in the morning and really dedicate that time because that's where I feel strong. And like, I have, you know, like I'm tapping into the universe. Um, So that's where I feel the strongest. Um, In terms of eating, I do feel better when I'm eating well, as I know Allie does as well. um, And she can talk about what she's doing, but I am an emotional eater. And um, again, like I mentioned, I have like a 50 pound weight loss journey that started through self-love and learning to love myself as I was, you know, and then the weight really did come off. Um, But I think it's really complicated because again, it's such a privilege right now to even have like choice in food and a stocked fridge, um, or a stocked pantry. Um, so in that sense, it's kind of like, like I, I've even had so many friends are texting me like I'm getting fat or like, I'm going to gain the Corona 15 or whatever, but it's like, Oh, is that what they're calling it? it Um, and it's been interesting because actually as an emotional eater, I, 
I, I haven't had that. It's kind of like you were talking about on our podcast, you know, which um, we just recorded as well. Yes. You know how you said it's like your anxiety has like prepared you for like this moment. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like my anxiety has prepared me like not to emotionally eat. It's like, <laughs> it's like for the first time in my life, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But I think if you are, you know, if you find yourself like eating a jar of peanut butter, or a bag of Cheetos or whatever, it is that you normally wouldn't eat or doesn't make you feel well. For me, what helps a lot is realizing like, this is how your body is taking care of you. Mm -hmm. So instead of being like, damn, like you're such a, you know, like, you know, fatty, like I've said these like mean things to myself, right. For eating that whole jar of peanut butter or like, look at you, you have no self-control because you ate the bag of Cheetos. Um, it's like changing that conversation with yourself to be like, Hey, Erica, this, like, how amazing is it that you're trying to protect yourself from these intense feelings and you, and you did that through eating this peanut butter and that's okay tonight, but you know, maybe tomorrow, let's see, let's see if what happens, you know, so it's like kind of like changing the conversation because that is how emotional eating, if you change the conversation from like, I have no control or I have whatever to, oh, this is how I'm nurturing myself. This is how I'm trying to take care of myself. And of course, yeah. there's other ways we can do that. But I think a big, big step is like not to punish ourselves or demonize ourselves for doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I've learned like the food that makes me feel the best. Like how do I feel the best, right? Uh-huh. Um, I feel the best when I eat a combination of protein, healthy fat, and fiber because it keeps me full it keeps me satiated. It just keeps me happy. Um, of course I don't have like all the options I usually have, but I'm trying, you know, to get a protein, a fat, a fiber on my plate at every meal Mm -hmm. and, um, greens. If I can, you know, I have frozen vegetables. Fortunately, um, I don't have anything fresh anymore, so I'm using frozen broccoli. Um, so do you think that getting fresh produce during this time is just like no bueno? No, I think if you can, it's fantastic. I just um, don't want to go to the grocery store. <laughs> got it. So if you don't want to keep going, yeah, yeah. If you don't so going, you got to get I, frozen. Yeah, I'm trying. So I I had fresh produce and now I've eaten it and it's gone. So I'm in my freezer stash. But I think whatever you get your hands on is is great. Um, but yeah, like that's how I feel my best. You know, I am um, having a glass of wine or a, I like alcoholic kombucha, like a hard kombucha. It's like a beer basically. <laughs> okay. Um, that's what I enjoy drinking that. Um, yeah. So I'm just, for me, I'm trying to be really kind to myself with food. And if I gain weight, I gain weight. If I lose weight, I lose weight. Like, I don't know why, but for me, it's just like, this isn't like, I just want to be healthy and I want to get through and I want to lean in and just like honor and love my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what's working for me, but I'm sure like, I'm going to have that moment where maybe I nurture myself with food and I just know I have to change the conversation because being mean to yourself, punishing yourself, it doesn't actually do anything for you. And just yeah. like, um, one healthy meal isn't going to make you skinny. One jar of peanut butter or a bag, it's not going to make you fat, right? It's if we right. keep, and even if, even if you do it for a week, right? Okay. Then the next week, it's always about like what you do from this moment forward. So, um, that's kind of how I try to live. I don't know about you, Allie, what works for you. Um, I think those are good, just sort of general rules and yes, have been brought to light by this Mm -hmm. um, time. It's interesting as someone who doesn't 
I don't deeply struggle. Like I think everyone has a slightly emotional relationship with food. So I don't want to say I'm not an emotional eater because I think we all are to some extent. I think some people struggle with it more than others, but, um, you know, if you have any sort of like positive or negative association with certain foods, maybe you have an emotional relationship with it. Um, typically it's not something I deeply struggle with, but interestingly enough at this time, I've definitely had more to drink than I normally have or oh, than I normally me too. do. I've been drunk. <laughs> I <laughs> like I have been drunk. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I really had for quite a while, I think for, you know, for all of January, I was, com- was dry. Um, Erica and I sometimes will do months where we don't drink and I feel great when I'm not drinking and, um, I don't struggle with substance abuse. So this is different if you do like, you know, but, um, I very much have been aware of the fact that I've been leaning in to taking the edge off, you know, every day with a drink, um, this past week. And I've sort of just given myself permission to do that because I think similarly to like the food, I think this applies to food, to drink, to anything really, literally to anything. It's like, if you, if we punish ourselves, we get in like that bad cycle and it's like, don't punish yourself. Just try to have conscious, like a consciousness when you're making a choice. So if you're going to make the choice for the glass of wine and you had one last night and you're going to have one tonight, that's fine. Just be aware that you're doing it. My, I try to just like mindfully make that choice versus mindlessly make that choice. Right. And I think there's a lot of like boredom eating that can happen during this time too. Um, I've certainly been way more lax than I normally am. But again, it's like, I'm giving myself permission to just be sort of not focused on that right now. I'm really focused on the fact that I'm so grateful to have food in my fridge because there's so many people who don't even know where their next meal is coming from right now. It's put a lot of this stuff in perspective. And yes, we do want to focus on our immune system. We do want to know what's going on. Like for me, it always helps to have information. Um, But as Erica said, I think the information is just a component of it to be able to make a conscious choice every time. So even, like I said, even if you're getting the, or she says like the bag of cookies or, or the extra glass of wine to be conscious about making that choice. And, um, I too like to eat a lot of, you know, greens. I am focused on really trying to stay healthy in this time so that God forbid we did contract it you know, our immune systems are set up to really fight the virus as, as much as it can and maybe mitigate some of the symptoms. Um, something I found from Dr. Daniel Amen, who um, is a doctor that deals with a lot of mental health stuff, but, but with, in relation to the physical body too, um, he wrote that in times of stress, people often reach for simple carbohydrates like cookies, chips, and cakes for a quick boost for the don't worry, be happy neurotransmitter, serotonin, which I'm sure everybody's heard about. But this is followed by a crash that actually increases feelings of anxiety and depression. And that's just something that like to be aware of, you know, over the course of the weeks that we're eating at home, if you can, if you can make a plate like with protein, fat, and fiber, like Erica said, and, and try to get some greens. And frozen greens are a great way to get super nutrient dense, cheaper vegetables that last longer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if you can get frozen ones, that's also great. But to, just to know that like, if you're going to keep grabbing the stuff for the quick sort of emotional hit of that neurotransmitter serotonin, like that's real. That's a chemical response and it's going to make you feel better right now. The problem is what happens with our blood sugars after you get that spike and that increase of serotonin, you're going to then have the blood sugar drop. And then you're going to even increase the cravings and that, that spike and drop is also going to make the anxiety worse. So just to be, this is like good information to be aware of when you're going for the cookies to know like, Hey, I'm doing this to calm my anxiety right now. That's an emotional choice. Okay. That's fine. I'm not going to beat myself up about it if I do, but I do want to be aware of what's going to happen in my body if I continue to do this and after I have this, what's going to happen? It's going to make it harder. It's going to, it's going to create a cycle that's harder. So just a few things that I I try to keep in mind and, and just be kind to ourselves right now. You know, it's like, if you gain the COVID-15, you do. If you lose the COVID-15, you do. If you, if I think I you... had the COVID-15 before the COVID came. <laughs> I'm just saying, that COVID-15 so... been on me. You know, it's, it's so interesting too, because like you talked about like, like what was life before like this mm-hmm. all happened. And I just like, I had this moment, I think a few days ago where I was like, wow, I focus so much on my body and food and like how I look, right? Or like whatever. Um, and I was like, that is, I couldn't care less. Like, I, I don't know what's <laughs> happening to me, but like, I couldn't care less right now. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't care less. And I'm just like, wow, like my body isn't something I should be punishing or, you know, pushing to work out or do my body is here to like, help me survive. And there's exactly. all this stuff inside of me. That's like, like, realistically, probably every person has been in contact with somebody who has COVID-15, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's probably the reality. Um, so and we might have had it and did not even know exactly. that. Exactly. So it. for most of us, it's like our immune systems are working right now. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the most beautiful thing in the world. Like the, the human body is just so beautiful. So it's been so interesting. Like I look at my body in the mirror and instead of focusing on like my softer stomach or like my flab, I'm like, wow, like this body is amazing. And so mm. I was telling Ali too earlier, I was like, I feel like I've never had as much like food freedom or body love than I have in these last like <laughs> 10 days. Um, so it's been wild. Like, especially as somebody who, who has struggled with like my body and food, it's, it's definitely like, it's changed me a lot. Yeah. I think it's also because like, we're kind of in, we're in survival mode right now. So basically it's like, we're doing whatever we can to stay alive. It's like hunger games. So it's like absolute hunger games out here. So everything else is out the window, even our jobs, even our companies, these big companies are realizing like at the end of the day, what does it all mean if we cannot stay alive? You know what I mean? Like, so we're in this survival mode. So all those, these superficial, um, unrealistic expectations that we have placed on ourselves just don't really matter. And I think that, it, that a lot of us are putting that in perspective now. Yeah. Um, and then also what you guys are saying, like, I think like, yeah, eating, yeah, balancing what you're doing and eating the trash and then you eating healthy at the same time. So I was finding that I was, I've been doing like my smoothies with sea moss in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I find that when I do the sea moss, I don't really have much of an appetite, but I still have lunch. Um, and then, you know, I'm having wine, you know, like (laughs) I'm having wine. So I'm just 
like balancing out and then also drinking water and drinking orange juice and take drink um taking an airborne every now and again so mm-hmm. just being conscious of boosting your immunity i think is something that you know i'm making an important um step in my the corona effect of what i'm doing mm-hmm. yeah and i would say if anybody wants like just generally a, a combination of both vitamin c everybody like knows about vitamin c but zinc is also a really great supplement when you're really trying to keep your immunity up too okay. so um that combo is is kind of that extra boost if anybody is interested so zinc and vitamin c yeah sounds good i'm so happy that you guys could could join me i really feel like y'all will be friends in my head and hopefully we'll be real friends now yes Yes. when you come to la or we come to new york we're gonna hang out in real life when this is all over yes when this is all over and i'm just so happy that you guys have joined me and given us such insight on and guys also too um you guys are certified now what is this what are the certificates again so we're holistic, integrative <laughs> nutrition health coaches. So we can okay. help um, coach people who are going through any sort of journey with their own with their own health and and wanting to improve their health. And um, yeah, we're certified and you guys coaches. Do it together. We do it through like the umbrella of courageous wellness. So you can work with either Ali and I, or um, yeah, we might have it. some group stuff in the future. But yeah. right now we're individual coaches under the wing of courageous wellness. Cool. Cool. Super cool. And how can everybody find you guys? We are on Instagram at courageous wellness, and you can get in touch with us from our website, which is www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. There's a form at the bottom and you can email us and we respond um, or slide into our DMs, of course. And then we release um, our podcast, Courageous Wellness, every single Wednesday, um, and we're available on all platforms. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all of them. We're there. Cool. All righty. Well, thank you guys. And Allie, we need to touch base about blind, um, blind. What is it? Is love is blind. Love, is, love, is, blind. love is blind. We have to touch base on love yeah. is blind. Look, I can't even remember the name of it. Cause all I care about There's is so Cameron many other characters, <laughs> Allie. Like we got to talk Amber Barnett. We have to talk. What is her name? Like Gia Nina and her. Gia Nina. Oh my gosh. She's a hot mess. And oh my God. We have to process Carlton because he is a broken, broken. Okay. But when Diamond quoted, okay, there's a Beyonce quote that happens, Allie, that I'm not going to spoil for you. And it was the most epic, epic thing I've ever seen. It was epic. It It came right on time. I was like, this is goals for how to like walk out of a situation. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm in, I'm back in guys. I'm back in. Okay, good, good. So we'll, we need to talk about that, but thank you guys so much for joining me. Please stay everyone healthy. stay healthy and stay inside. <laughs> right. Stay inside. Well, all this talk about Corona. Um, I hope it hasn't triggered you guys. I hope that conversation was informative and also made you laugh a little bit, at least in this trying time. Um, and you know, at the end of every episode, I like to do some affirmations. So I thought it would be fitting for us to do some affirmations that would boost our immune system. And if you're not aware or know, um, positive affirmations, um, can actually boost your, help boost your immune system along with whatever else you're doing with the vitamin C or taking your zinc or eating healthy or exercising. All these things can help boost your immune system. 
And a healthy immune system means a healthy body, quick recovery from illness, and strong resistance to problems like infections and diseases. So by strengthening our minds and solidifying the mind-body connection, we also strengthen our immune system and improve our overall health by using affirmations. So here we go. I am healthy. I am healthy. My immune system is strong. My immune system is strong. I heal quickly. I heal quickly. I am resistant to illness. I am resistant to illness. My mind is focused on healing my body. My mind is focused on healing my body. My mind and body are in perfect harmony. My mind and body are in perfect harmony. I send positive energy to my immune system. I send positive energy to my immune system. My immune system is incredibly powerful. My immune system is incredibly, incredibly powerful. My body can bounce back from any affliction. My body can bounce back from any affliction. I have a naturally strong immune system. My mind is focused on thinking positively. Recovering from illness rapidly is easy. I can recover quickly from any health problem. My body is naturally resilient to sickness. I can achieve vibrant health. I have vibrant health. And again, I have vibrant health. All right, y'all. I ain't going to hold y'all. I ain't going to let y'all hold me. I'm wishing y'all nothing but health, wealth, peace, and calm in this time. And uh, I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.